You're listening to the West Side Podcast, a part of the L.A. International Church of Christ family of churches, worshiping God in L.A. since 1989. Hey, West Side family and everyone else tuning in on YouTube to watch. Uh, my name is Josh Vasquez, and I am a uh, senior at Pepperdine University uh, studying physics, and I am so honored <clears throat> and just um, to have the privilege of giving the Father's Day lesson. Um, and before I get into the lesson, God acknowledge all the dads, all the father figures, uh, all the moms who step into the role of a father, um, for all the amazing um, love and sacrifice that you've given us, um, even though we didn't really do anything to merit it um, or to deserve it. Um, I know that for me, today means so much because I can think back on how much my dad has done for me and how much he continues to do for me. And a memory that came to mind as I was writing this was uh, back in middle school, you know, pretty much day in and day out, my dad would pick me up and on the ride home, he'd say things like, this is how my day at work goes, blah, blah, blah. And he says, Joshy, I want you to know that I want you to be better than I am. The reason I work so hard is because I want to give you everything you need to be equipped to go and be better than me, to go and do better than me. And that's amazing. That's the heart of my dad. Um, and so I just take this day to thank him and to love him and to show my appreciation for him and his hard work. Um, and so before I get into the sermon, I just want to open this up in prayer. Uh, dear God, thank you so much, Lord, for this day, uh, for the ability and the opportunity you've given me um, to give the Father's Day lesson, Lord. I pray that um, you would speak through me, uh, speak through your scripture, God, and just the illustrations that I have, Lord. Um, I pray that this would really convict people and help people want to know you better as a father, um, and that they would want to know you deeper, and that they would want to share you, um, and to just help other people get to know you, Father. Um, so I love you, Lord. Thank you for all the dads out there, all the father figures, and everyone else, Lord. And I pray that, God, that you would comfort those who've lost a father today. Um, may you comfort those who um, never grew up with a father, God. And, and I, I pray that they would know and that my lesson would help them understand that God is their father. God is all of our fathers. And there's no love, no human love, that could ever be as great as God's. Um, so I thank you, Lord, for giving us that gift. Um, and it's in your son's name that I pray. Amen. So... The title of my lesson is God the Father. Uh, but before I even get to that idea of God being the Father, I wanted to talk about how we even uh, came to be in that position as children of God or as, as uh, being able to call God Father. And so my first point is that we are adopted children of God. Um, and so let's go ahead and turn our Bibles to Ephesians 1, uh, verses 3 through 5. And it reads, Blessed be the God and the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has been, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, just as He chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before Him in love. He destined us for adoption as His children through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of His will. So, before I even dive into the scripture and talk about it more, I, I wanted to. Um, talk about Paul, but not the Apostle Paul. I want to talk about one of my best friends, Paul. 
Paul Borson. Paul, if you're watching this, bro, I love you so much. Uh, Jim, I love you so much. Um, and yeah, so the reason I bring up Paul is because Paul's adopted. He's adopted by Jim and Mary, as you see in these pictures. Um, and I wanted to talk about Paul and his family because I think that there are a lot of parallels between earthly adoption and this idea of heavenly adoption. Um, so the first one that comes to mind is just how hard earthly adoption is. You know, if you are an adopted parent, then you understand that there are uh, legal and financial paperwork that has to be sorted out and, and done, and there's this long process that you have to go through to even adopt your kid, right? Um, and not even that, but there are so many social interactions and encounters that you have time after time, questions that you get tired of. Um, one of them that I'd imagine um, that Jim and Mary got would be like, oh, so I see you have Paul, but do you have any children of your own? Uh, and and Jim is a, is a very funny and sarcastic guy, so I'd imagine his response to that question would be, especially after a while of getting it, would be, oh, oh, yeah, I mean, I, I have something to tell you. Paul is ours. Crazy. Or, or the question like, oh, uh, I know that you, know, you guys adopted Paul. Uh, are you guys really going to know his culture, to understand his culture? And Jim, once again, will probably say, let me think. Well, yeah, Paul loves the NBA. Uh, we read Cat in the Hat before uh, he goes to sleep every night. He loves pizza, and he loves hamburgers. And so, yeah, he even loves Spongebob. You know, so he is being raised in his culture. Um, and it is, it is really um, a great thing. Every question you ask that. Um, so here's here's my point: is that you know once Jim and Mary chose to adopt Paul, Paul became Mary's son. Paul became a part of their family and a part of their culture because he really was their son. Um, and the second parallel that I draw is that um, the emotion and love in an adopted family is just as real as that of a real family. It's just as strong. Um, and the one memory that I have of, of just being so uh, representative of this is when Paul lost his mom, Mary, in 2016. Um, I remember this day vividly uh, because we, we had gone to uh, play uh, our rivals in soccer, and Paul's our goalkeeper. But halfway through the game, Paul leaves, Jim, his dad leaves. Uh, they leave because they're, they're uh, because Mary was. Um, in, in, in surgery, but, but the surgery had gone wrong. And I remember going back home and hugging my mom because I had heard the news. At first we were confused. Why did Paul leave? What happened? At the end of the game, we, we got no, we got news that it was because his mom was, was having a really tough time and she might not make it. And so I went home and I hugged my mom and I was so grateful for my mom. And the next day at school, I remember Paul walked up to me, you know, just as we did every morning, um, and he dapped me up. But this, this time he was, he was staring at the ground and he was sad. Um, and I was so scared. I was like, how do I even word this? What do I even say? And so I just asked, did it happen? He shook his head. And my heart broke. And I could tell that Paul was fighting back tears all day. Um, and so my point in this is that Paul never really questioned whether his, you know, whether Mary was, uh, his adopted mother. He just knew Mary was his mom. That's all he knew when she when she adopted him. When him when Mary and Jim adopted Paul, 
he became part of their family. And in the very same way, when, when God adopted us, we became a part of his family. You know, we posed so much hardship for God before we were his children, before we decided to declare Jesus as Lord, to turn away from our sin and to turn away from ourselves. We were a handful. And even after we decided to do that, we were a handful. We still are. And we heard him day after day. But also, the emotion that is in our relationship with God is, is, is so incredibly strong. The emotions that God has for you are so strong. And so this love should be what compels us into a deeper relationship with God and into a missional life. But we should want other people to know who our Father is. And we should want our Father even deeper. And so right now, I have the privilege of um, introducing Maria, who is going to uh, give us and, and just share with us how she's seen God as being her Heavenly Father throughout her life and how much that means to her. Hi, Westside family. My name is Maria Chavez. I'm a rising junior at Pepperdine University, and I'm super excited to be sharing with you all today on this very special day. I do want to be honest with you all in saying that this holiday in particular has brought up a lot of emotions throughout the past 19 years of my life because of the fact that I grew up without having my biological father in my life. Over the years growing up, this holiday was very hard because I remember going to school and having our teachers give me a card to write down a thank you and I love you letter to my father, but I would have a hard time addressing it to one specific person. Now, I do want to say that I've been beyond blessed to have incredible spiritual father figures in my life, and I'm so thankful that my older brother took that responsibility onto himself and has been such an amazing father figure in my life. So I love you, and I thank you, big brother. But growing up and not having my biological father in my life has brought a lot of difficulties and a lot of insecurities. And so growing up and learning to deal um, and cope with this special holiday, I started a tradition when I was younger to write a, an I love you, a thank you, a happy Father's Day card to my Heavenly Father. And as I was writing the card for this year, I couldn't help but to think about the verse in Psalm 91-2 that says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. And at that moment, a rush of memories just came upon me as I was able to think and look back at all the incredible ways that my Heavenly Father has been there for me and my family. Like one, supporting my pursuit of a higher education by providing the incredible opportunity to go to Pepperdine University. Or even the fact that Every single day that I make a mistake, he always picks me back up. But most of all, for the fact that he saved me, that he sent his one and only son to die on the cross, a criminal's death, so that I can have the gift of life and experience a greater purpose for my life. So even though I grew up not having my biological father around, I still turned out okay. My life still turned out okay because of my Heavenly Father who was working behind the scenes to reveal his perfect plan in my life. All those areas that were left with holes in them the day that my biological father walked out of my life 
were immediately filled the moment that I committed my life to Christ and was adopted into his family. All of those difficulties that the world has brought my mother and I have been lifted off of our shoulders, not because of anything that we did or deserve, honestly, but because my Heavenly Father loves me that much and he loves us that much. So to those earthly fathers, I want to say thank you for what you do. Thank you for the ways that you are there and that you love your wife, your children, your family, both blood and spiritually. And I want to encourage you all by continuing to follow his example. In John 15, Jesus talks about the vine and the branches. And in verse 4 specifically, he says, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. In abiding in him, in imitating him, not only will you inspire, but you'll lead your family and others around you into a journey with Christ. Thank you. Thank you so much, Maria, for sharing that and just sharing your heart with us. Um, yeah, that's really incredible. How God really fills us in, in the parts of our lives that we feel like we don't, that are missing, that we don't have, um, that we can't fix. God's there and He fills those gaps. Um, praise God. And my next point um, is that God is our Father. And I wanted to share with you guys something that really resonated with me and convicted me about this idea of of God being our Father, and how that's it's so central, that, that idea is so central to Christianity and to my life. So, let me read it. It's, it's by Janet Hacker in his book called Knowing God, and it reads, What is a Christian? A question can be answered in many ways, but the richest answer I know is that a Christian is one who has God as Father. If you want to know, if you want to judge how well a person understands Christianity, find out how much he makes of being God's child and having God as his Father. If this is not the thought that prompts and controls his worship and prayers and his whole outlook on life, it means that he doesn't understand Christianity very well at all. That's a very bold last statement. But when I read that for the first time, it struck me. Whoa, I call God Father all the time. I pray God, or I pray Father God, whatever, right? But I don't really internalize, I don't understand I don't even take the time to understand what that means, what what it means for me to call God Father. And we call God, or God gets called a bunch of different names, and he's referred to in different names throughout the Old Testament, um, such as Lord, Yahweh, Jehovah, um, Adonai, El Shaddai, Elohim, right? All these names are used to refer to different characteristics of God. Um, but how many times does he refer to as Father in the Old Testament? Well, as we can see here, God is referred to as Father in the Old Testament only 15 times. And when compared to the Gospels, it is nothing. Jesus really referred to God as Father exclusively. Jesus, to Jesus, God was his Father. And what's amazing is that he wanted us to understand that as deeply as he understood it. And he wanted us to know God just as he knew God. And so I want us to turn to one, uh, one, one uh, situation where Jesus actually calls us to know God as Father. Um, let's turn our Bibles to Matthew 6, verses 6 and then verse 9. They read, But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. 
Pray in this way. Our Father, hallowed be your name. Wow. Guys, this is the first time in all of Scripture that we are encouraged to call God Father, to pray to God as Father. The very first time. You look at the entire Old Testament, not once are we encouraged to pray to God Father. That's a that's incredible. Do you know how intimate the word Father is? That word is only designated, it's only meant for one person. You don't go around calling people Father, right? You call your dad Father. That's the only person it's really intended to be meant for. And Jesus is telling us, Father, he's the Father. He's my Father. And if we were to step into this situation, this is a sermon on the mount. If we were to step into this and just look around at people's um, facial expressions and, and their reactions towards what Jesus just said, not to mention everything else he says in this sermon, but for this one specific point, is uh, I'd imagine people were like, did he just say that? Did he just tell us to, to pray to God as Father? I'm sure some people were shocked, confused, some infuriated. And actually, some people were infuriated. And let's turn to John 5, um, verse 18. In some context before this scripture, um, Jesus uh, walks up to a man, a lame man, who can't walk. He hasn't been able to walk for 38 years, and he, um, he tells him, get up and walk and take up your bed. And the Jews who were around that witnessed it, and they saw that Jesus was referring to God as Father. And let's, read the, let's read about their reaction. So it says, for this is the reason the Jews were seeking all the more to kill Jesus. Because he was not only breaking the Sabbath, but was also calling God his own Father, thereby making himself equal to God. Wow. Think about that. Think about the very first part of that. For this is the reason, this is the driving motive for why the Jews, the Pharisees, wanted to kill him, to kill Jesus. Because he was calling God Father. You know, they must have just been like, who the heck does this guy think that he is? Calling God Father. Calling God Father. They, to them, he was minimizing everything God was. And he was very, it seems to them, very prideful of him to do that. And not only that, he, it must have been like, he's going to lead so many people astray. If he starts calling God Father, well then why doesn't everyone start calling God Father? Wouldn't you want to be the son of the creator of the universe, of God, of the God of the Old Testament? They were infuriated to the point where they wanted to kill Jesus. And guess what? They did. But here's the kicker, is that Jesus wasn't leading anyone astray. In fact, Jesus was, Jesus was leading us to God. He was helping us understand that if we know God as a Father, everything is opened up. Our eyes are opened up. We see, we understand, we feel God deeper. We no longer want to sin because it's going to hurt my Father. I don't care that I have to deprive myself and deny myself and carry my cross because, you know what? My, my dad loves me so much that I don't even want to hurt him. He helps us understand how much God loves us. That's why he wants us to call him Father. And that's so radical. 
That's so radical. Just think about that. Calling God Father. So this, guys, this is the love. This is this is why we should want to be compelled to a deeper relationship with our Father. To know Him deeper and to let other people know the gospel. To have this missional life where they also get to know Father as their Father as well. My last point is that this is supposed to drive us into a relationship and mission, but why? Well, here are a couple of pictures of my dad and I, and and the reason I, I want to talk about this is because I want to show you guys the emotion that I have for my dad, and hopefully I can help us understand the emotion we should have for God. So in these pictures, you can see that I am just I'm, I'm in love with my dad. You know, I am so joyful and um, feeling protected and, and cared for and secure in my dad and. Um, man, I never want to leave his side. Um, and, you know, there are so many times where um, I would just fall asleep on my dad's, like, shoulder, chest area. Um, I, I'd lay my head right here, my neck would go here, and I would just, just fall asleep. And there was no place more secure than that one. There was no place I felt more loved and more encouraged to be, um, to be myself and just to, to love him so much. Um, and not only that, but sometimes I would lay my head on his, on his, on his heart, or on his stomach, even. I'd like lay my ear there and just listen. It was kind of weird, right? But it was intimate. It was intimate in every sense of the word. And the reason I think God wants us to have a childlike faith is because otherwise we're going to be hindered by, um, you know, what's socially acceptable, right? We're going to be hindered. We're going to hinder our intimacy with God. And He wants us to be really intimate with Him. That's the, that's the very first thing he wants us to do, is to be intimate with him and, and to understand he loves us and to spend time with him. Just that being the very motive of our quiet times, just to spend time with God, to get to know him better because he loves us and cares for us so deeply. And the last scripture I want to share is, is in Romans chapter 8, verses 38 through 39, which really, do, really does show um, the heart of God. The heart that God has for us. And so it reads, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Guys, nothing can separate us from the love of God. I'm going to give a quick example of how I've heard my dad. Um, it's not the, the biggest example, but it is the most recent. Um, after coming back from Pepperdine and um, being stuck in quarantine, I wanted to, to FaceTime my friends and to call them and to see how they were doing. Uh, I wanted to do it so often, but the issue was that I was prioritizing this over helping my dad work. Um, and, and it got to a point where um, for about a week, for like five days or so, um, he would ask me if I, would, if I were able to help him. And I'd say, no, I actually have something scheduled. I'm so sorry. Um, and I wouldn't really truly feel bad, but what am I supposed to do? Reschedule? The answer is yes, but I wasn't doing that. I was prioritizing myself. And they got to a point where one day he asked me, hey, hey Josh, uh, come down here. I need your help. And I was like, I can't. I, I told someone that I called him in 15 minutes. And I remember um, he just was so disappointed. He said, all right, then, just 
Just leave. Do whatever you want to do. I don't care. And that hurt. Guys, you better believe it. That hurt. I remember that during that whole call, I wasn't even paying attention, really. Uh, forgive me if that was, but I honestly wasn't paying attention. I was so in my head about how I hurt my dad. But the amazing thing is, is that he doesn't hold that over my head, you know. And I've done my, I've completely changed. I shouldn't say completely changed, but I'm doing so much better, and I've cleared up time for my dad because I don't want to disappoint him like that again. I don't want to hurt him like that again because I love him and because he loves me so much. And guys, that's the exact heart that God has for you and for me and for everyone. There's nothing that can ever separate you from his love. So, guys, that's the reason we should want to have a deeper relationship. That should compel us to a deeper relationship and to a missional life. And a final call to everyone who's in a leadership position, acknowledge it. Understand that you're in a leadership position, whether you're a father or a father figure, or just you know that people look up to you. And if you don't know people look up to you, well, you know, chances are people probably look up to you. Um, but be conscious of what you're doing and understand that you need to lead as Christ was led by God. Christ looked up to God and he said, I'm going to do whatever you do. In the same way we should look to Christ so that everyone who looks to us is going to have a Christ-like example. We're not going to be perfect, but we can be as best we can with this. Um, because otherwise, guys, someone or something else is going to lead your kid. If it's not you, something else will. And knowing the culture today, it's not going to be something that leads them down the best of paths. And so, I want to call us all to be more, more conscious of our positions of leadership. Um, and this is, this is biblical. Let me just read this scripture in John 5, verse 19. It says, Jesus said to them very truly, I tell you, the Son can do nothing on his own, but only when he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, the Son does likewise. So thank you guys for listening to my lesson today. Father, thank you for everything you do. Um, thank you, God, for everything you do. You've just listened to the West Side Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit thewestsidechurch.com or laicc.net.